teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. 1 Kings 17, we're going to start reading. You probably know this story. It won't take time to read all this. But this story talks about uh, the uh, prophet Elisha who went down. Actually, he was being taken care of, first of all. Uh, you know, the, uh, let's see here. 1 Kings chapter, what did I say? 1 Kings 17. That's why I can't find my right reference. I wrote down right, but I did turn to the wrong place. But anyway, this is the prophet Elijah when God was taking care of him by the brook Cherith. And uh, God was, uh, there was a famine because of the sin of the nation and so forth. But God was taking care of the, the man of God. And after taking care of him for a while, he was drinking out of the, river, the brook, and then the ravens were bringing food for him. He said, uh, verse number 4, It shall be that thou shalt drink out of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So God sent him to a place and was taking care of him there. Then we saw in verse number 5, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought the bread and the flesh, and you know, God took care of him. But eventually the brook dried up there in verse number 7, because there was no rain. Verse 8, The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. For behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And you know the story. He went to Zarephath. And uh, you know, if God says, Okay, I want you to go over here. I'm going to take care of you. You would think, okay, there's a rich person over there <laughs> that's got a big reserve laid up for this famine, and woohoo, God's going to take... But he went over there, and this woman didn't have anything but a little cake of... I mean, she's making her last meal. I won't read the whole story. Most of us know it. Um, but the Bible says that God had said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Well, um, he had said that he was going to be taken care of down by the brook Cherith, and he called that there. Then he's called this verse number 9. He said, I've commanded the widow woman there, that's Zarephath, and in her house, I've commanded her to sustain thee. So how many of you know the supply for your life is there? <laughs> so it says, where's there? Well, where did God send you to? That's where there is for you. So... Uh, we see that concerning Elijah's ministry, and uh, the anointing worked there. Uh, there was a supply there, and um, we're going to see some more things about that place, because God has a there for every single one of us. Amen. And um, actually, I want to go to another passage. Let's go over to the New Testament before we move any further. In Mark chapter number 6, you're probably familiar with this as well. But we find a story in Mark chapter 6 where Jesus went to Nazareth, his own hometown. Yeah. And the Bible says, without going into all this, whenever he uh, came there, he was preaching on the Sabbath day, or teaching, it says in verse 2, in the, in the synagogue. And they were astonished. They said, when, where did he get these things? Where does this wisdom come from? We know his brothers and sisters, you know, and all of that. And the Bible says in verse 3, they were offended at him. Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, in his own house. And he, uh, the Bible says he could there do no mighty work. Well, there's the place that he was sent. But the power of God didn't flow there. God sent Elijah to a place that he said, I'll sustain thee there. And the power of God flowed there. But Jesus went to a place that God sent him and the power wouldn't flow there. 
You understand that? He could there do no mighty work. Well, let's look at some similarities. Where, what was going on in Elijah's situation that made the power flow, but wasn't going on over here in uh, Jesus' situation? Interesting language. He could there. didn't say he would there. He could there do no mighty work. And he marveled because of their unbelief. So what was going on in Elijah's case that wasn't going on in Jesus' case? You understand? Go to Matthew chapter number 10. We'll see the answer. We're going to share a lot on this tonight, but get, get into some things regarding helping, helping in the church, local church. Matthew chapter 10, we find Jesus, well, he's, we'll pick up on what he's saying in verse 40. He that receiveth you receiveth me. He that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Now, um, you know, sometimes people, when God sends a pastor to a church or to a city, it's not just a man or his wife or, or if it's a lady pastor. It's not a person that people receive, it is Jesus that sent that person. That's what Jesus is preaching here. So he that receives you, receives me, receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet, now we have all the five-fold ministry offices in the New Testament today, so you could say a pastor, or, you know, an evangelist, or whoever. He that receives a, a man in his ministry office, or a woman in her ministry office, in the name of that office, shall receive the reward of that office. What's the reward of that office? Well, it's that anointing. Isn't that what the widow woman received operating in Elijah's case? Isn't that what Jesus couldn't get to operate in his case? All right, See, they receive a reward. Well, the reward is that anointing working for you. Isn't that right? Now he said, He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he'll in no wise lose his reward. Now it's interesting, he started out talking about receiving these, either a ministry or a, right, a man right with God and uh, so forth. And on the last one though, he said, he switched from saying, He that receiveth to he that giveth. So, what we see back there in Elijah's case, where he was sent there, there was a situation where she responded correctly that enabled the anointing on Elijah's life to operate. Amen. How did she respond? Well, she responded by helping his ministry. Really, she responded by bringing something to eat, you know, and that was a help to his ministry. And so, uh, he, he, verse 42 here in Matthew 10, Whoever shall give to drink one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, really I say he'll not in any wise lose his reward. He's talking about bringing something to assist the ministry or that person to bless that person. Now that could be applied to giving tithes or offerings or it could be applied to helping in the helps ministry or anything that helps. Anything that assists that person that God sent with that anointing to accomplish the mission that God put them on. Amen. Can you say amen to that? So we see then that uh, there is not just, uh, let's put it this way, it is a place where there's honor for what God is doing there. Or what God sent the person to do there. 
Jesus said the reason in his hometown it didn't work was because of three reasons. He said they were offended. He said there was no honor. And he said they were in unbelief. There's no such thing as being in faith, but being a person of dishonor. Doesn't esteem the ministry that God sent to do something in that city, in that church. And that constantly is offended. Those three are Siamese twins. They run around together. Unbelief, dishonor, and offense. Isn't that right? So where is there? What my question to you tonight is regarding this congregation, is this there? That's what I'm gonna, we're going to explore tonight. Is this one of those places that God can say is there? There I can do what I want to do. There the anointing can flow. There they honor. There they bring their supply. There they help in helps ministry. There they're excited about what I'm excited about. There they're interested, about, interested in what I'm interested about. Amen. God has a plan for this church. He has a plan for this city. Or Aurora, or whichever, all this area. <laughs> Isn't that right? He's got something he wants to do. And it's a dishonorable thing for God to send a man and a woman to a place with an anointing to do something, and everybody just looks at him and won't help. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm new here. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, you know, if you think I'm gunning for you, just know I don't know who you are. And if you won't squeal, we won't know it's you. <laughs> oh, they stomp out. Oh, he said this, he said, well, we didn't know it was you until you stomped out. <laughs> so just smile, look ahead and say, uh-huh. While down inside you're going, Lord, I repent, Lord, I repent, forgive me. <laughs> so, is this there? Amen. Is this the place where God can do what He wants, where that anointing will flow? Because whenever God sends the man or the woman here to do something, there's, there's help, there's assistance. They come alongside here. And they say, yes, we want what they're bringing. We want that anointing to operate in our lives. We want it to operate not just in our lives, but we want to assist to get it to other people's lives. So, Pastor, here I am. I'll do the carpets. I'll clean something. I'll do what i got to do. I'll help set up the, the worship music equipment stuff. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Is this there? Is this where honor for what God is doing in this church is? Amen. So we're talking about bringing our supply to the ministry. And helps ministry is a part of that, isn't it? Um, ministry offices work for those who honor it. And honor is not just something we carry in our heart, although it obviously starts there. That's, that's really where it all begins. But it's something that we do. It's something that we do. The woman over there that got that anointing to work for her, she responded to the prophet. When he said, go get some water, she did that. And when he said, go get the cake of meat, the, 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 uh, you know, some food for me, she had trouble with that at first. But she did allow the prophet to school her into that. And she did allow him to move her past her reluctance because of her experience. And she allowed him to go ahead and, and, and uh, move her past that and got her miracle. Do you know honor has to be taught? Most in our society don't grow up with it. 
But our culture has lost honor. They don't have a clue. If honor came down this aisle, well, you're here, you understand it better, but if this was, if this was just the body of Christ at large sitting here tonight and honor walked down that aisle and said, my name's honor, they'd, a lot of people would look at it and say, who's that? That's our culture is just so dishonorable toward parents, towards teachers, police, those in authority. Amen. Just, just dishonorable toward other humans. You know, the Bible says to honor all men. Everybody's worthy of some sort of respect. So um, that's what, uh, honor is just going out of our society. And, uh, but the Bible... What, what, is, what happens in our day, we've got uh, pastors are really in a, pastoring in a society, and I'm, I'm a part of that, of course, pastoring in a society that uh, we have people coming out of all kinds of backgrounds with all different standards of, of honor for the things of God and respect for the things of God. Some don't have any because they, they, they weren't raised in that kind of a home. They weren't taught to respect anything. So they come in with all different ideas of what church should be and, and how we should respond to God, you understand? And so, you know, <clears throat> whose standard is right here? The, really what the pastor does is he shows people the standard of God, which by the way never changes regardless of culture. God doesn't grade on the curve and say, well, you're doing better than most people. No, I mean... Right here's his standard. It never changes. It never goes down and he never grades on the curve because people are way below this. His standard's the same. And if we want to receive God's best, we have to come up to his standard. And he has a standard for, uh, see, honor is a standard. Say that, honor is a standard. And he has a standard for the local church, how we're to honor the local church. Uh, he has a standard for all the things that he does. And so whenever it comes to all of us coming in out of whatever, you know, way we were raised and whatever, you know, just because it was okay in our home growing up doesn't mean it's okay with God now, when, now that we're working in the family of God. Some things that uh, were okay at, with mom and dad, God just says it's just, it's just dishonorable. And uh, something I've learned about honor is that people fail to honor and don't even realize it. Even ministers. I don't know if you've ever read in Malachi 1, the, the Bible says that God said to the ministers, if I'm a father, where is my fear? And if I'm a, uh, I mean a, a, a father, where is my honor? And the ministers, the priests, he said that to the priests, and the priests said, well, wherein have we despised thee? In other words, the preachers were saying, well, what have we done dishonorable? You can be dishonorable and not even know it because your you or my mind is not renewed with the Word yet. So uh, they said, where have we despised thee? He said, well, you don't treat the offerings right. In that case, he was talking about offerings. It's, honor is not all about money. Uh, it's, a, it's a heart issue. It's something. It's a spiritual issue. But it does translate into areas in different ways and into how we give is one area. But what I'm focusing in on tonight is how we help. Um, you ever read the Bible over there in Genesis? I don't know if I have the reference here, but you'll remember the story at least, where it talks about Esau despising his birthright. I'm wanting to say it's the 15th chapter here. I don't see the reference. But uh, I believe it's 1534 if I'm not wrong. I have been wrong before, you understand. 
uh, but I believe it's Genesis 15, 34. Uh, but I'm not going to turn there, but the, the, the point I'm making is that God said that Esau despised his birthright. Say out loud, despised. despised. Well, that's the opposite of the word honor. Anybody found that verse? Am I right about that? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the, uh, I know it's in Genesis, and I know it's the 34th verse of some chapter. <laughs> Don't go through them all now and look for them. But, but he despised his birthright. Now, we know the story. Remember whenever Jacob was cooking that soup, we'd say soup, and he came in, he was, Esau came in, and he was hungry. And the Bible says that he was so hungry that uh, he wanted that soup so bad that Jacob said, all right, give me your birthright, and I'll give you that soup. It's called it pottage or something. You know, we'd call it soup or something. Something to eat. And he said, oh, he said, uh, what good is this birthright? And he gave him this birthright. Now, that doesn't, what's a birthright? People don't think much about it today because it's not our culture. But that is a huge deal. That's the blessing of the firstborn is what he had, what he had laid aside, which included uh, the, the anointing and included money and included a lot of things. But he just said, oh, I, you know, I'm just hungry. I'm just going to just give it up because I'm hungry. Well, when it says there Esau despised his birthright, we don't see the read in the story to where he says, Oh, yuck, I hate that birthright. I did. See, that's the way we use the word despise today. But we don't see Esau doing that. We don't see him saying, Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, terrible. Yeah, you know how kids do today. He wasn't doing that. You know what the, he was doing, though? He was just failing to see the value of it. Isn't that what he was doing? He just did not see the importance of it. Say amen. And the Bible calls that dishonor. Wow. Tell your neighbor, dishonor can be a part of a person's life. And they don't even realize it. Isn't that right? They think, well, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm too busy to help in the helps ministry. You fail to see the value of bringing your supply to your local church. You fail to see the importance of it. Am I in the right room? Amen. Now, um, so we, we find then that it's, that, that we can, that we must see the importance of spiritual things, including our supply when it comes to helps ministry. Uh, and after you do something for a while, it can get sort of old hat. And you become familiar with it, or you become familiar with the pastors a little bit more in the flesh, and you don't see the value of it anymore because, you know, they're just humans like we are. Of course they are. We understand that. But when a man has an anointing in his life to, be, to bring a blessing like they, God sent him here to bless you as a congregation, they're not just a human being like all of us only. They have something on their life. God, see, when God anointed them, He had us in mind. So He has something for us through that anointing. And if we fail to see the value of it or let the, the importance of it diminish in our own eyes or let the honor level for it go down because over time we fall into the sin of familiarity, then uh, God's going to say, I see there that they don't want a church in that town. 
I see there that it's not important to them that, the thir- that a church thrives, that people be reached there. We just look at it as a natural thing, but God sees it as uh, dishonor for, for what he's, who He sent and what's on their lives. Am I preaching all right? Hallelujah. Dr. Dufresne was encouraging himself the other day, so I'll do that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So really where Elijah was sent was where his honor was. Isn't that right? Now, yeah, he had to help school her into that. And that's what pastors have to do because people come in out of all different backgrounds. And it's the pastor's job, and that's what they're doing, is to bring people up to God's level of honor for spiritual things. Spiritual things are to be honored. We're to put them first. We're to make them a priority over natural things. And that's the job of the pastor is to school us into that. To learn to love what God loves. <laughs> I'll tell you, some people, I've I, I just been seeing this lately. There's just some folks that I know that don't love what God loves about the local church. They don't see the value of the local church. See, you're getting your help at the local church. You're not getting help down at the mall. I'm talking about the help that you get with, under the anointing. You don't get help. You don't get this. You're not learning honor at the university. In fact, they're taking it out of most people. You don't learn honor at the movie theater, at the mall. We really don't. A lot of us didn't even learn it in our homes. I'm talking about where we grew up. You know, maybe you did, and that's a good thing if you did. Certainly all of us grew up differently. But um, we've got to realize that God's standard of honor is the same as it always has been. And it's not God that's going to come down to our level. It's Him. He's going to pull us up to His level. That's right. That's right. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to change daily like I do. I've got to constantly tweak myself in this. It's important. So, um, you know, whenever the pastor brings a little bit of uh, direction about this is the way we're going to do things and this is how the standard we're going to have in this area and the honor that we're going to have for the things of God and and, uh, this is what the Bible says, the way to honor God and so forth and so on. And, and if that includes, because the you know, instruction includes, the uh, Bible talks about the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Yeah. So we like the instruction, we like the doctrine, but sometimes that reproof and correction part, <laughs> we get our feelings hurt whenever some direction comes in the form of correction. Well, um, the Bible says, go back here to Hebrews chapter number 12. I'm going to... Uh, show you something that you probably are familiar with again, but maybe you didn't see this part. Hebrews 12, we see in verse number 3. Well, let's see here. Where is it? Not, not uh, verse 3. Verse number uh, 5. No, I'm sorry. It was verse 3. just doesn't start out like I thought. Verse 3. Hebrews 12, 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Notice that. Chastening of the Lord. That means correction. Notice he said, don't despise it. Now, does that mean we say, oh, yuck, terrible, oh, we hate that. No, no, nobody ever does that, hardly, that I've ever met. They don't do it that way. They just fail to see the importance of it. Just on the inside, when correction comes, they say, well, I'll receive that if I want. That wasn't the way I was raised. 
that's not the way they did it in the church I used to go to. Well, I guess the question I have is, why did you leave that church you used to go to? Maybe you weren't getting something there that you wanted more, so the more is here, so maybe there's more you need to learn to get more. Again, I don't know who I'm talking to, of course, you know. <laughs> there was a reason we left that church that was dead and all the... Isn't that right? We wanted more. So more comes, and sometimes it's like, okay, tweak this. And there's correction, and we, well, I just don't see the importance of that. I don't know who he thinks he is. Well, set, you know, just, he's just a man sent by God. He's just a man that God spoke to with a vision. You know, he's just a representative of Jesus himself. He is the Lord himself, but it wasn't Jesus in the flesh, but it's Jesus through that person. So we're not just doing it to a person or to the pastor, we're doing it to God. How many of you know our self-image should not be based on or wrapped up in how people treat us? Our self-image should be who we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. People go to church with their bad self-image and, uh, you know, they get offended when a little bit of direction comes. Amen. Don't let everything that happened in your past determine how you respond now. Somebody might have planted that bad seed, but, but, you know, that doesn't mean you have to water the harvest and get the harvest off of it. You, you can just kill that thing. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Correct a wise man, Proverbs 9, 8. Correct a wise man and he'll love you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes whenever correction comes, they see you as wise. How many of you know the Bible also says you correct a fool and you'll smart for it? So if, they, if you're receiving correction, God sees you as somebody who's wise. Because, you know, like you go through... Jesus' earthly ministry, and you see him correcting Peter, you see him correcting John, you see him correcting different ones, but you never see him correcting Judas. Isn't that right? Why? Because, you know, he knew where that was going. It's no use correcting a fool. You'll smart for it. You'll hurt for it. So if God's, if God's leading them to correct something, to, to bring the standard of honor up, in other words, they keep on you know, bringing correction about bringing your supply to helps ministry. Don't uh, despise that. You'll show who you really are. Amen. We, we find out if you're wise or foolish. Right. Amen. Amen. If you're not getting corrected, then that's the reason. If you don't respond right to correction, that's the reason. Right. Amen. All they're doing is bringing us up. I want, to keep, I want to keep having a higher anointing in my, my congregation. I want to keep things going up, 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 up. And uh, I want to just a constant flow of the supernatural. And we have that. We get testimonies all the time. Just got another one. I mean, if it's not one good thing, it's another. But it's not because we just say, well, we just, just come and be sloppy and everybody be, be lazy, you know, you know, spiritually. And everybody just kind of be goof, goof off. How many of you remember that story over there in Matthew where Jesus had to clean some things out of the temple? You remember that? And uh, the Bible says after he cleaned some things out that the sick came to him and they were healed. In other words, he had to get rid of some things grieving the spirit before that anointing could flow. Some dishonorable things. 
And that's the way churches are sometimes. There's things there that are blocking the flow of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I know of a congregation pastor told me one time that there was somebody just causing problems and you know, spreading strife and division in the congregation. They'd work with them, work with them. And, and finally, uh, you know, they wouldn't respond, wouldn't respond. Finally, one Sunday, they didn't show up. And whenever they didn't show up, the Holy Ghost broke out and have a move of God. You don't want to be the one that whenever you leave, the church has a move of God. <laughs> Amen. Woohoo! They left. Woohoo! Woohoo! Miracles happen, signs and wonders. Biggest offering we've ever had. Miracles, all things happen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Le learn to love correction. Learn to love uh, what, what the pastors do to bring us up in honor. I know it's not easy on the flesh sometimes. Sometimes the flesh wants to revolt and rebel. And how many of you know sometimes when you're feeding children that happens? I mean, a lot of times it go, you put it in the hatch, it goes on down. Sometimes you put it in, you know, they just spit it back out. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Learn to love it. Learn to take it in. Learn to swallow hard and say, it's tight, but it's right. Somebody said, you're stepping on my toes. Well, would you rather me save your toes or save your life? Sometimes you have to have some hurting toes for a while so you can live. <laughs> I want to make it. I want to go to the end. I want to hear well done. And that requires getting my toes stepped on sometimes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, you know, there, there are situations where uh, it opens the door to the devil. Dishonor and disrespect and so forth. It opens the door to the enemy to get in. And it's not somebody being mean to us to help us or, or maybe, they, they have to, maybe they have to say it kind of strong to get our attention. It's not them being mean to us uh, to get us to close the door which could save us a lot of heartache or save our lives. The people that, that love me the most have been willing to say something that I just needed to hear. Amen. I mean, I don't story that I don't like telling, but it, it makes the point. I got out of the car one time in the back where I pulled up in my car at the church, and Brother Ike was back there as well as an usher to help me get in and get my stuff in. And um, I got out of the car, and Pastor, I mean, uh, Brother Ike grabbed my briefcase, and he leaned over and said, <clears throat> Pastor, your zipper's open. I said, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't easy for him to say. But he loved me enough to tell me something that wasn't easy for me to hear. That's real love. Let me go into the service without doing anything about it, and everybody and won't tell me about it. That's not love for me. Am I preaching in the right room tonight? There's things sometimes that have to be said. We need to close the door to the enemy so, so that we're not being, you know, embarrassed by the enemy. Amen. Besides that, the pastors, um, I've learned this, Pastor Nancy taught me this, that I'm just not going to pastor a church I don't like. You know what I mean? With a bunch of disrespect and dishonor and people that are unfaithful and won't carry out their, they won't keep their word and don't show up anymore and all of that that don't help in the helps ministry. 
<clears throat> I've told our church before, well, you know, there, we need some people in the nursery. And tell them next Sunday, need some people in the nursery. Tell them next Sunday, need some people in the nursery. Yeah. And then after a while, we said, all right, we're going to start turning kids away. Yeah. You know, that usually gets their attention. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Maybe your mama didn't correct you on things, but um, the Word will correct you. Yeah. And God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Hallelujah. So don't get your emotions and, the feelings and your feelings into it so much. Um, a lot of people put a wrong definition on correction. They, because of past experiences and sometimes abuse or things that weren't right, there are things that aren't right, you understand. Um, everything that's correction, they turn it into something that it's not. They turn it into something, like, something negative. Something to be offended at. Something that they're, they're treating us wrong. But that's not because it was wrong what was said or done to bring up the standard of honor. It's because of us filtering it the wrong way. Amen. How many of you know we all run, through, run what we hear through filters? If we're not careful, we'll run them through the wrong filters. Well, that just reminds me of that person that used to hurt me and they hurt me so bad. Well, maybe it's not, they're, they're not that person and they don't have that heart, but maybe that experience has caused you to put up that filter. Well, when I learned that, I realized I needed to make some changes. Amen. It's just a filter of wrong thinking. And sometimes the devil's right there to harass you about past experiences because, well, so-and-so used to say it that way and I don't want you know. You know what I'm talking about? The devil will help you. But really God's best is that you get your mind renewed so that it's not distorted when somebody says something to you that's, that's, that's set out of love to save you from, from you know, the destruction that dishonor opens the door to. Amen? So um, don't pervert it before it gets into your heart. Learn to go home and say, okay, was it true? Just with an open heart, sincere, looking at the Word without any, any, you know, hurt and all emotional about it. How many of you know God never told us to filter what He said through our emotions? We get emotional about things, but just so, is it true? How many have ever, after you, how many have ever had a situation where you got worked up about something, then after you settled down emotionally about it, you realize, well, they were right. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? If you haven't, you're not married. <laughs> they were right. Why'd I get all worked up about it? Amen. It was just them preaching the word. The pastor was just preaching the word. I mean, I got all hurt about it and went out with my hankies. And I got not going. They were gunning for me. And they didn't even know that it was you. you know? All they were doing was preaching the word. But we were sitting there like, what do you mean by that? You ever done that? Boop, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Our eyes get big. Man, and we didn't even know it was going, that was going on in your life. And <laughs> but the devil's right there to talk, and he'll talk offense, and amen. You know, offense is really not a personality conflict. It's not a, something emotional. Offense is really a strategy of the enemy to divide you from your divine connection and that anointing 
like Elijah was bringing to that, to that lady. Amen. Amen. We need to see it for what it really is. Praise God. So are you getting it this, this, this evening? Um, so in Jesus' ta- uh, hometown, he was sent to Nazareth even though God knew they wouldn't respond. Why would God send somebody to some place he knew they wouldn't respond? Because he's merciful and he wants to give everybody a chance. And uh, so, you know, just because God sent someone somewhere doesn't mean that the congregation, the city's going to respond, the congregation's going to respond. He's going to give them a chance because he loves them. He's a merciful God. But what they fail to hear, whenever they fail to hear the the bringing the level of honor up because many churches don't preach helps ministry and everybody being involved and bringing their supply. Uh, so people don't know about it, but whenever they do hear about it, if they, if they reject it like they did in Jesus' hometown, then what they actually do is they reject that power and that anointing. Amen. And what they fail to honor, they lose. Jesus, Jesus didn't go back there. Jesus didn't you know, hang out for the rest of His ministry in Nazareth. He went back to Capernaum and back to places they received Him. Amen. That's the way. What we fail to honor in life, we tend to lose. It could be anything. Money, marriage, you know, anything. Our pastors. What we fail to honor, we stand to lose. Because God sent them there on assignment. And, of course, not only the pastors, we stand to lose that anointing that God sent them with. What's the anointing on the pastor's life? Well, Mark's, I mean, uh, Matthew 9, the Bible says, sheep without a shepherd are scattered. How many of you know sheep that don't receive the one that he sent are also scattered? What do I mean receive? I mean honor and bring a supply to help that ministry. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. He wants to help us, doesn't he? So what we fail to honor, we stand to lose. So number one, there is the place where there's honor for, for, for what God uh, is doing. There is also the place where people discern and recognize the man or woman of God that God sent. Now go back to the book of 2 Kings. Another story about this. I don't know what time I started. I try not to go too long here tonight. We'll go to 2 Kings chapter number 4. Is that, that that's, uh, yeah, 2 Kings chapter 4. You learning anything? Yeah. We find another story here. The great woman of Shunem, we call her, that Elisha was sent to. First story was Elijah. This is Elisha. It says in verse 8 of 2 Kings 4, It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman, that means rich and influential, one translation says. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber. I perceive. Here she is. She, she's recognizing. Here, here's somebody God sent. And she said, Okay, let's bring our supply. Let's bring our supply. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. It'll be when he comes to, comes to us, he'll turn in thither. And you know the rest of the story. He stayed there often whenever he came through. And then you get the, you get the story about uh, Elisha saying, you know, 
what is it that God can do for her? And finally they found out she didn't have a child, and Elisha prophesied that she would have a child. And the child was born within a year. And so she got an, a blessing out of that anointing. She had not been able to have children. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how did she get that? She did it. She got it by honoring it. How did she honor it? She brought her supply to it. In her case, it was financial, but we're talking about helps ministry, really. It's what we're talking about tonight. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes people, we, we all bring our tithes and offerings, but sometimes people would love to give, uh, like, like I know we've done a lot of, in our church buildings there now, we've got a couple buildings, few buildings, um, we're remodeling more, and um, I'm thinking of a man, uh, I, don't know that, I don't know their financial condition, obviously, but I don't think that he could have brought a $20,000, over $20,000 offering to that, the last building project we did. But he did have uh, some time that he could give towards the project. And all the time he put into it, we figured it up, was over $20,000 of electrical work. Praise God. And others, many, I point that one man out, there's many others that did the same thing. But my point is, you might not say, well, I, I, don't, I don't have $20,000 to give. Well, how about doing like that man did? How many of you know it all comes out as savings and money all afterwards? After I mean, that saved us all that money from spending on the electrical work. Praise God. So our supply can be just helping in a way that would save the church money. You know, if you can do graphic art, for example, that's just something that a lot of churches need. Well, then being able to bring that rather than they always have to pay somebody or whatever. It could be a lot of different things. Praise the Lord. So this woman brought her supply. But notice here something that I want to point out. The Bible says in verse number 9, the Bible says she said to her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. So I'll tell you where there is, the place that God can say that's a place called there. It's a place where people discern the man and woman of God and recognize them for who they are, not just see them in the flesh. She didn't say, I discern this man is from Jerusalem or whatever, something natural. She perceived not something natural. She didn't say, I perceive he's probably about 45 years old. It wasn't anything in the natural she perceived. She perceived something in the spirit. Oh, yeah. I tell you, if you learn to recognize people that God sends into your life with an anointing, there's a lot of things that you've been trying to get to work because of your faith that will almost start happening automatically. Your faith will work a whole lot better working in, in the proper honor for the people God sends than it ever will out there on your own. Hallelujah. Things I've learned over the years. I'm, I'm endeavoring to help you as a congregation. Praise the Lord. So there was a place where people discerned what God was doing, recognized it, and properly honored it by bringing their supply. I like that. A church full of people who carry dishonor in their hearts towards the, the man or woman of God that God sends it, uh, uh, create an atmosphere that grieves the Spirit. And there won't be a move of God, so there won't be... When we help the anointing, the anointing turns around and helps us. Hallelujah. I never said it that way. 
When I help the anointing, that anointing turns around and helps me. Praise the Lord. A lack of honor, though, is, is really irreverence, and it grieves the Spirit, and there's not a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. But we've got to perceive the anointing on those that God sends. The Bible says to know no man after the flesh. It also says to know those who labor among you. He's not talking about get to know what color. Oh, purple's your favorite color? Oh, that's great. No. I like pizza too. Or what? That's, not, that's not what he's talking about. Not knowing them in the flesh. He's talking about know them after the Spirit. Who they are in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So honor for the local church is something that we're to teach. And honor includes bringing our supply. and includes helps ministry. Um. There are, uh, back there in 2 Timothy, I won't go to this passage, I think you're familiar with it, 2 Timothy 3.16, um, the Bible says that, you know, where to, the, the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, and so forth, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good works, every good work, and it's, it's also for instruction in righteousness. The Word is for instruction in righteousness. If there ever was a time whenever... A culture needed instruction in righteousness, including honor and all that is right before God. It's this day. Amen. Uh, our, our culture is, without God's intervention, it's going to pot. There used to be honor for, uh, you know, sometimes people think preachers are on uh, whatever, clothesline sermons, preaching how you dress. It's not about clothes. It's about, you know, if you went to visit the president or someone, you'd dress up because just out of respect for the office. That's, that's the kind of thing that God's endeavoring to, to get back out of our spirits because people have got in the flesh. I personally don't like clothesline sermons myself. But the point is, it's about an honor issue. Amen. So there, this is the time. We need instruction in righteousness. Amen. Now, um, whenever that instruction comes, we don't uh, get offended. Oh, well, they're talking about us. Because it's really not personal. Right. It's not about anything personal. It's, uh, it's not about you. It's really about the Spirit of God having His way. Amen. He can't move where there's not, things aren't right. That doesn't mean yet we all have to be dressed up for God to move, but just there has to be that, we, we bring that in our hearts. I've found outward things kind of indicate what's going on on the inside. Anybody ever notice that in your life? Hallelujah. So we are not going to be a church full of dishonor, are we? What we honor, we draw to ourselves. We draw that anointing out of our pastors whenever we bring our supply and help. What we fail to honor, we lose. Amen. You can't keep what you don't honor. You know, if you don't treat your wife right, you're not going to keep her. Amen. Same with your pastors. They've not threatened to leave as far as I know, but you know what I'm talking about. Actually, did you, didn't that, no, I'm just saying, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So, tell your neighbor, we're learning. Now, honor for God interprets into honoring people a lot of times. We don't think of it that way, but Romans 13, 7, and 8 talks about that. It talks about honor all men. If I go over there and, and look at that. Praise the Lord. Doesn't seem to be flowing in a systematic teaching tonight, but it is 
ministering to your heart. I believe there's things going, hitting your hearts, different things hitting different one of us, and we're catching things. That's why I like CDs. We can go back over things. And we're here in the 13th chapter of Romans. Look at 7 and 8. It says, well, render therefore to all their dues. Context is paying our taxes and stuff. But he says, Pay the, render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute uh, is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. We'd say reverence or respect. Honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. So there's, a, there's some things he says that are due to some people. He's not talking about God here, although... You know, whenever we honor certain people, that's honoring God because God's called them. And actually, human governments of God. Maybe not everybody in the, each individual position, but, but you understand. Uh, so we rebring, there's some things that are due to people, and God receives it as done unto Him. So honoring God really does mean honoring people. So really, honor is something that he says belongs to certain positions, like the pastor's office. There are offices within the body of Christ. So there are certain positions that are due honor because of the role they have in, their life, in our lives and the position and the anointing that goes with it. God's the one that sent them, so therefore it's due unto them because they're, they're responding to God. And God is to be honored. So honor is something that we decide to do. We don't wait for a feeling. Well, you, you prove yourself. I had, a, I had a man say that to me one time. He didn't last very long. Not because I fired him, but he, the Lord told me he's going to hang himself. Yeah, and he did. But he said, well, you have to prove, because we were new pastors there, you have to prove yourself to me. I said, I have to prove myself to you. I've got to prove in ministry for years before I got here. I said, to be honest with me, you need to prove yourself to me. Because you don't have a proven ministry. And, and since that time, he started, tried to start two churches in our town or the town next door. And he went to another church to help and got fired. And all kinds of things have happened to him. Because he hasn't proven, because he hasn't submitted, because he's never, nobody's ever been able to promote him because he didn't have an honorable heart. Amen. Some people's track record is just due honor because they have a track record. How long have you guys been here and been in the ministry, actually? In this, in this city, praise God. They're not quitters. That's to be honored. You've been in the ministry longer than that, haven't you? Yeah. Praise God. Well, there's something there to be honored. Even if you, do, you, you just came here and you don't even know them. There's something. They don't, people don't last that long if they're not honorable, honorable before God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just, just sharing out of my heart a little bit. So there's some things that are due, and it's a decision we make to honor those that God has already... See, there's some people, whenever you see God blessing them, you should honor that. Because if God's blessing them, there's something there that He's honoring. So if God's honoring them, I honor them. And I decide to do that. I don't wait for them to prove... Now, they will prove themselves all right. But I decide, if God sent me here, then I decide, here's where my honor belongs. And there's honor here because God sent me here. God sent them here for me. And so I'm going to bring my supply. Amen. You ever read, I don't know if you've ever read this verse in Psalm 26, 8. His house is the place where His honor dwells. 
The Lord showed me that verse. His house, that's the local church in our day, is the place where His honor. There's honor on local churches that God sent a pastor to start or, you know, to take over however it happens in, in the situation. Hallelujah. So if God puts His honor there, then I'm to decide to honor the local church. And honor for the local church in our society, there's a lot of forces put, coming against honor for the local church. Uh, I, I hear all kinds of things people say, well, I don't like organized Christianity and all of that. Well, I know what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, I don't like all the religion that goes along with stuff. I, I agree with that. But just because something's organized within the setting of a local church doesn't mean that that's not God. I mean, I almost want to say to some of those people, what are you, do you want, disorganized? Nothing works if it's disorganized. A business doesn't work. The universe won't work without things. I mean, the sun has to, well, really, it's the earth turning, and it's slanted just right, and every, I mean, seasons and everything's just systematic, and God's got order. I think we need to recognize that. Hallelujah. What a lot of those people are saying is, I don't want to submit. That's what they're saying. I don't want to respect who God raises up. I just want to be a lone ranger. I want to, you know, I want to be the head honcho or whatever. I want to be the prophet. <laughs> Amen. Nobody wonders what I meant when they leave my services. <laughs> so really he said here there's some honor due. Say there's honor due. How about if you stop paying your mortgage and... Eventually, they call you and say, hey, uh, your, your, your mortgage is past due. And you say to them, well, you just haven't proven yourself to me yet. <laughs> or you say, well, I just don't feel led. I didn't feel led to pay my mortgage. There's some things you don't need to wait to feel led about when it's due. When your mortgage is due, you don't wait for an angel choir to come down and tell you to pay your mortgage. Amen. And there's some things that you don't need to wait for the Lord to lead you about, like helps ministry. And the reason is because, well, we're here in Romans. Just go down there. Where are you? You're in the... Uh, you're in the 13th chapter, aren't you? Yes. Go back here to the 15th chapter of Romans, just a page away, I think. I'm, I'm looking for it myself. Uh, well, that's the wrong... Where is that that says... Uh, uh, talks about... Uh, if we've sown unto you spiritual things, it is your duty to sow natural things. That's in Romans somewhere. I got it written down here. I'm, I'm not following my notes tonight. I got all these notes, but I'm not following them. I follow them a little bit. Huh? 1527, I was in the right chapter. <clears throat> yeah. If, you, if we be a partaker of their spiritual things, it is their duty, their duty is also to minister unto them of carnal things. It used to be that people were honor bound and duty bound to do certain things. And they didn't wait for all this super spiritual leading that they say, well, I, I, God didn't lead me to get involved in helps ministry. Well, just honor and duty would, I mean, in the military, they still understand a little bit about duty. Yeah. I like what they say, duty, duty, honor, honor, I'll get it out, duty, honor, country. Amen. Yeah. That's it. They put that into them. Right. 
In other words, there's certain duties that we have because of honor for our country. So um, there's some things you just are led to do because you're, you're honorable. You know, the Bible says the integrity of the upright will guide them. You don't, you don't do things that are, that are dishonorable because, well, the Lord, the Spirit of God didn't lead me to. No, just integrity leads you to do it. And out of integrity, you do it, not because you had a, a, a witness of the Spirit to do it or anything, just integrity. So that's right. It's right to do that. That's not, it'd be wrong not to do that. Isn't that right? Like just taking, you know, like in, in just a simple illustration, is taking care of mom and dad in later life, where they're elderly or something, or honoring them on their birthday or Mother's Day. You call, if you're out of town, you know, I'm out of town, I call. But you know what I'm talking about. There's just certain duties that go along with being an honorable child. Well, the same thing's true with being a, a, a child under spiritual parents in a church, so to speak. There's just chores to do, chores. That's, that's duty, honor. <laughs> Amen. You getting anything out of this? I'm almost done. So it's important that we uh, look at it properly because really, as I said earlier, God sees things. Genesis 25, 34 is where Esau despises his birthright. I just found the verse. Genesis 25, 34. Certain things God sees as despising whenever we don't realize that we're being dishonorable and that's why we don't have a greater move of God. Amen. Amen. So let's not despise just because we fail to see the value of helps ministry. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And don't look at other people to be your standard. Well, so-and-so is not helping. Well, that doesn't mean that they're not your standard. The Word's your standard. Hallelujah. So see the value of it. Honor it. Properly respond to the Spirit of God in some of these things. When you connect... Uh, when God connects you to your man or woman of God, they're God's choice for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're not talking about, you know, you picked them because you like their personality or, you know, you like pastor's funny jokes or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, we do. I mean, we, we like all that. But my point is, we don't, so many people in our culture, they do things out of the world's way of doing them. They just go where it's comfortable or where they have the nicest nursery, or the shortest services, or, you know. It's, it's, not, it's not where God picked for them to be. It's where they chose. But the Bible says God sets us in the church as it pleases Him. Not as it pleased us. Or not, as, not where we, we like everything about everything. Amen. I've said under pastors before in my life, that their personality and mine kind of went like this. <laughs> you know? But I received greatly from Amen. things they said. Amen. Amen. So if God connected us somewhere, it's God's choice for us. Amen. We're not talking about personalities or our choice or some emotional appeal. It's God's choice. And we regard the person because we regard God's choice. Because we regard God and we regard God's choice. Amen. If you love God, you'll love His choice. Amen. Hallelujah. Even when we're corrected. Yes. Well, I don't have to sit under that. This is America. We're free. <laughs> well, you fail to see the importance of 
Growing up. Maybe Pastor Debbie preached something nicer tomorrow night. I don't know. Maybe you all like her better. Hey, hey, good. Front row's on fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, we're called, like this woman, we're closed with this. This woman back here in, in, uh, where she perceived, the Bible said we're called to discern the body of Christ. We're called to know those who are among us, know them after the Spirit. Isn't that right? And that includes the people God brings us into these divine connections. And part of that is to, uh, to bring our supply. We discern what God's doing and we bring our supply to it. Hallelujah. Really, this woman perceived right because she honored right. Yes. Then after that, she received right. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Because she helped the anointing, she perceived uh, that was sent by God. She helped that. So she perceived it. She responded right. She honored right by bringing her supply. So therefore, she received out of that anointing. So a lot of people think they're having a faith, issue, faith problem. Why well, just my faith isn't working? When really, it's an honor issue. That's the reason they're not receiving. Hallelujah. Sometimes people, <clears throat> I, I get amazed. I told the church, my church congregation this on Sunday. It's amazing. I told my congregation, I said, do you know I am a very spectacular human being with spectacular capabilities? They looked at me funny like you are right now. <laughs> they didn't know where I was going with that. I said, I'll tell you what. The reason I'm a spectacular human being with spectacular abilities is I have the ability to be uh, the best pastor that there ever was and just so loving and wonderful and such a blessing and, and God's using me so strong in people's lives up until one day and then all of a sudden change and I'm a mean, conniving person with bad motives and everybody else better watch out for them, for me. I have, a pet, I have the ability to do that in some people's mind because people, they get offended. They get offended. And I was wonderful until, I, until they became offended. And now they're like, oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with the church. Something's wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm wrong in my motives and I, I'm a conniver and all I want is people's money. And, and all. But it wasn't me that changed. It was they let offense in. See, some of you finally got it. <laughs> so isn't that an amazing how a pastor can change in people's minds? They were wonderful, but then they let a fence in, and they stopped receiving right there. They stopped receiving right there. They broke their connection, and the Word's not working for them anymore. The anointing's not working for them anymore. And so the anointing that was breaking the yoke is now not doing anything, and eventually people give up and they're offended. They leave the church. Amen. Amen. Well, the root of the whole thing was dishonor got in. So people thought they had a faith problem. It wasn't their faith. Yeah, their faith wasn't working all right, but it wasn't working because their dishonor got in their hearts. So now they're not receiving anymore. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So the reason they, don't, they, they, they perceive it differently now is they let offense get in. They got a new gatekeeper. The, the, the gatekeeper was honor, and now it's dishonor. In other words, that gatekeeper was letting only honorable thoughts into their mind. Now, the, the gatekeeper's changed, and that gatekeeper's now offense and dishonor. And that's the only kind of thoughts it now lets in. Everything that's dishonor, ain't right, ain't right. They're mean. They, they have no love in this church anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because of dishonor. 
Amen. Those whom you honor will never offend you. Because you've made that choice. Hallelujah. So keep, keep a heart right and you'll keep perceiving right. Praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of the Word tonight? So is this there? That was pretty weak. I mean, say that again. I mean, back up. Is this there? Hey, this is there. Woo, this is where God's moving. Hallelujah. This is where miracles happen ongoingly. I, I know that, uh, you know, that the woman there in 1 Kings 4, the woman that, that got the, uh, the, the barrel meal kept multiplying, you remember that? I think that's the one, whichever one, whichever one reference it was. That she got that miracle, but you remember that it lasted, they say about a year and a half, where that barrel meal kept on flowing. So she had him around there for a year and a half. So she got an ongoing miracle, didn't she? Just kept on going. Because she didn't become so familiar with him in the flesh that she let dishonor go down. See, that's what a local church is. It's a place where we, we, we come together ongoingly. And we're to see continuous flows, miracle after miracle. I, when I came, I got a miracle in this area. Now there's miracles in this area and this area. And it keeps taking me up and up and up because this is there. Amen. And we stay honorable. Amen. Praise God for the Word. Praise God. So, when, uh, maybe outside of this church here, this, I know this is not a place that you own, but maybe when you come in here, you should put a sign up, this is there. Amen. This is there. This is there for me. Amen. This is where God sent me, and this is where I honor. Here's where the power flows. Here's where I bring my supply. And as I help the anointing, the anointing helps me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the plan that you've laid out in your word for us as people of God and as the family of God. We thank you, Father, that you have a, a plan for us to bring a supply. We thank you, Father, that we do have a supply. We're grateful that we can assist your work and bring to your work all that we have to bring. Father, thank you that you've never said in your word there's such a thing as sowing. You've always called it sowing and reaping. So that anointing that we sow into, it's coming back on us, moving through us, moving on us, destroying yokes, keeping our family together, keeping us sound in our thinking, just keeping us right. Hallelujah. And it's keeping the door closed to the enemy. Thank you. Our lives are not being scattered. They're being gathered up. We're gathering up the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so grateful for a pastor that, that's willing to come and pastor us. We thank you, Father, for their life and ministry. We hold them in high regard. We do not fail to bring our supply to their ministry. We thank you, Father, for all these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you agree, say amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes and lift your hands towards heaven if you would. Thank you, Lord. Worship Him out, out loud with your voice. Thank you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many of you know if you need to make adjustments, I guess we could all say we're constantly making adjustments, but if what we ministered tonight, you know, you need to make an adjustment, all you got to do is just reach down inside and say, I'm going to change that. It's a choice to honor. Isn't it? Praise God. I've always wanted in my, my heart and life, kind of the way I've approached life and so forth, and concerning spiritual things, I've always wanted to be a part of something bigger than me, you know, just, than just me. I, I know just me's limited, you know. But I want to be a part of something that God's doing collectively and where there's so much more we can do together, isn't there? Besides that, we're, we're kind of, the Bible calls us sheep. Sheep are flock, flock animals. Some animals, you know, they sort of roam around individually. But sheep, they, they like to go everywhere together. And I've always liked that about the local church where people are just one united body where we just are always, we enjoy the fellowship of one another. Hallelujah. Are you like me? You like, you like the fellowship of other people? You receive from them, they receive from you. Praise God. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319 319- 366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355 Cedar Rapids, Iowa 52408 And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.